Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I'm I'm back. Yeah, we back, baby. Yeah. Okay, was that a nod to Flash TV Talk or am I reaching here? Um, I think that was a nod to Flash TV Talk. I mean, you know, there's 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 five uh, CW executives in there. They listen to the show on a regular basis. And, regular and of basis. course, they're going to give a nod to the best Flash podcast on the Internet. I mean, come on. I, I mean, like, you know, I, I feel like I say we back baby or we're back baby like almost every single season. But I mean, who knows? Maybe everybody does that. It's not that uh, <laughs> probably it's a very uncommon phrase, but let's be real. That's true. That is true. I was the one that was bringing it back. Um, but but no, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, season four. We've got an awesome episode to talk about. Before we do that, I uh, want to welcome all of you either back or listening for the first time to the Flash TV Talk podcast. Uh, glad to have you here. We are a uh, zero shenanigans, nothing but just straight talk, flash talk every single week. Uh, we keep the shenanigans to a, min- a minimum because we are a professional podcast. Yes. Hashtag professionalism. But man, uh, before we actually dive into this week's episode and and all the thoughts, theories, speculation, everything that has come with it, uh, we got to give a major shout out to those of you who are making this podcast happen. Uh, in fact, we actually over the summer, uh, or more specifically over the last couple of weeks, we got a new patron, David Honeycutt, which has the, uh, by the way, David's got one of the coolest last names ever, uh, has become a hero and is supporting us now. $1 per episode. We really appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. And hey, if you want to get, uh, if you want to help support this podcast and make sure that that you are getting the most professional podcast on the uh, on the flash uh, flash in terms of uh, flash podcasting. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash TV talk. And we're doing something special this season that we hope to kind of go on uh, ongoing in the future. And that is at the end of this season, we intend to give all of you patrons uh, who have been supporting us this season, a special uh, uh, artistic print. Uh, as many of you may or may not know, bell is something of an artist himself. And so we are going to have a, uh, kind of a fun brogues s parody uh, of of whatever the overall theme of this ep- uh, this season is that we will be sending to you as kind of a, a physical print so get some good stuff by helping support this podcast head over to patreon.com slash tv talk to help make it happen that's out of the way bell man we got an awesome episode i'm super stoked let's jump into the rundown the rundown Episode one of season four, The Flash Reborn, directed by Glenn Winter and story by Andrew Kreisberg. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, six months after Barry went into the Speed Force, Iris has become distant, helping Cisco, Wally and Joe defeat various threats around Central City, but refusing to break down and grieve Barry. When a samurai appears in Central City demanding to face the Flash in battle, Sisko reasons that they have to bring Barry back, but Iris forbids it. Going against Iris' orders, Sisko tracks down Caitlin to a bar and 
convinces her to help them get Barry out. The team attempt to revive Barry using tech and a modified Speed Force bazooka. It seems to fail, only for Barry to emerge from the Speed Force 300 miles away. The team find Barry, who appears dazed and confused, continually writing out code on the walls. Wally tries to go up against the Samoroid in his place, but is quickly defeated. The team attempts to decode Barry's code, only for it to reveal the phrase, This house is bitchin'. Acting on a piece of device given to her by Joe, Iris gives herself up to the Samoroid. Upon hearing that Iris is in trouble, Barry's memories reactivate and he speeds away, rescuing Iris and defeating the Samoroid in a field of wind turbines, who is revealed to be a robot. Caitlin rejoins Team Flash, but is shown to have a Jekyll and Hyde complex with her Killer Frost persona. Meanwhile, the Samoroid is rebuilt as the Thinker contemplates his next move against the Flash. Dun, dun, dun! Oh, man. Okay, so, I mean, I hate to bury the lead here, but can I can I go ahead and say this best season premiere since the pilot? I'm going to disagree. Oh, snap. It's going to be an interesting one tonight, folks. All right, so let's kick off things with uh, hashtag Team Iris. You know, there's the uh, the great little team up that we see. Vibe and Kid Flash have been handling business from the get-go. But when it comes down to it, Iris, man, she has stepped up into her own. Now, we've often talked about in the last past couple of seasons that she is kind of the team manager, but she has fully stepped into her role as team leader, I think, uh, this episode. If, if not in episodes past, clearly defined in this episode that she is the one calling the shots. Yeah, she definitely uh, took the job and ran with it. Mm-hmm. But I'm... Very good. Very good. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, and it's doing a fantastic job of it. I mean, it's always been her strong suit. I mean, you know, she was uh, she was an excellent journalist. And um, obviously, that's what the, the comic book character is. But this particular interpretation of Iris has always done better to be more of a... Um, what's, what's the right word? She thrives in a team setting and specifically in a kind of a command setting. Yeah, you know, I think so. She she really is, does a great job giving orders to the team and she's learned all the tech, all the satellite stuff, the tracking information, all that kind of stuff. And when everybody else is kind of like struggling for an idea of what to do, that's where she shines because she takes command of a situation and she just does what needs to be done in order to resolve the issue. You know, what I love about Iris is that, you know, she and Cisco are dealing with the loss of Barry. Uh, it, it's hitting them both extremely hard and they are dealing with it in very different ways. You know, with the previews and everything, it almost seemed as though she was being somewhat cold to the scenario. But once you actually see it play out, you realize, no, she's being very true to the kind of, you know, the, the, his, his quote unquote dying request of her to keep running. And they're both like mourning Barry Allen. That's just doing it in a very different way. Iris on Barry's instruction is not grieving for him. You know, mm. she, she's moving forward. She's but just she like, all right, though. it's done. It's over. And Cisco just never gave up hope, which which is kind of something that's it's interesting. I know that Barry told Iris to, to do that, to keep running. But you would figure that she'd still have that little glimmer of hope in her just because, you know, Barry's her one and only. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I think I, the way that I see it is more of like, you know, they're just at different stages of grief. And, you know, when, when you lose someone. What, what, I can't remember where I heard this from. Actually, as, I believe it was actually from a, a police officer who, who dealt specifically with um, uh, traffic accidents and, and, you know, had to constantly kind of report the fact that someone died to, to their, their family. And uh, one of the things that, that he said, it stuck with me, is that, you know, you can never judge somebody based on how they take tragic news. Like, based, like everybody grieves differently. Some people cry. Some people laugh. Some people seem completely emotionless, but they're, they're completely dying inside. And so the way that I interpreted Iris is not someone who was hopeless, but as someone who was grieving. And it's the same thing actually with Cisco. I didn't actually see Cisco as somebody who was hopeful. I saw him as, as you know, someone who was grieving. It's just they were at different stages, right? Like, like almost, it's almost as if 
as if Iris was somewhere between denial and acceptance. And Cisco was just in this bargaining mindset. You know what I mean? I think Cisco is firmly in denial. Like he's like, nah, he's coming back. We're right, right. Back. Exactly right. So it's 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 that whole you know, he's constantly in this, oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. He's he's proactively trying to pull Barry out of that scenario where, you know, Iris is more of like keep working, right? Keep focused, keep working, move, move forward. That's what Barry said. That's what he wants me to do. I'm doing what he wants me to do. And that is, that is the way that she's processing this grief. And actually I thought it came to a great crescendo where some points, I, I can't remember if it was like about mid episode, if I'm not mistaken, where Cisco is like about to bite Iris's head off. Like he's, he's kind of frustrated with the way that she's acting and Joe immediately shuts him down. Like he's like, Hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, like <laughs> he has that great just dad cognizance of what's going on. And on top of that, he's got that dad, like, you know, you don't talk to my daughter that way. Kind of like, like, you know, yeah. Joe meant that goes right in there. And it's, it's so powerful. I loved that particular scene because in my mind, these are two sides to the same coin of grief, Joe recognizes it. And the second they start almost clashing, he's not going to allow that to happen. They're on the same side and they're both in a ton of pain. It's that, you know, Papa Joe, he's TV's greatest father. <laughs> he's super dad, man. Yeah. Hashtag yeah, super yeah. dad all the way. Absolutely. But no, I, I loved their dynamic. I really did. And I loved that they were dealing with that in such different ways. And it's funny because I, I remember seeing the previews and not thinking that I was going to get on board with where both of these characters were. It didn't make sense to me in the previews, but in the actual story and the actual episode, I thought it played out very, very well. Now, Kid Flash, on the other hand, now Kid Flash, uh, of course, Wally, man, he's he stepped into his own. Um, a, a slight spoilers for Legends, but he makes a cameo over there. You see that he is very much... Uh, an active hero. And you almost get the sense that though he clearly misses Barry, he's kind of been enjoying a chance to shine. Oh, for sure. He's loving the spotlight. Like you said, I know he's upset that Barry's gone, but I, I can't help but think that he enjoys the fact that he's now able to uh, show everyone what he's capable of and what what he can do. And, you know, as opposed to taking a backseat, he's now on the forefront and he's making plays. And yes, it is a mouthful, but I'm, I think I'm kid team flash. Uh, you, you or team, team, wait, kid team flash. <laughs> I, I, was, I was wondering where you're going. Team though. kid flash. There we go. There we go. So that's the way you interpreted that in, in the debate of, is it team kid flash or team vibe? You go team kid flash. I mean, team vibe has a better ring, I think, but l let's face it. Kid flash is doing all the legwork. Good pun, but I will tell you this, my friend, it is team Iris all the way, regardless of that. And yes, kid flash, it doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue in the same way that the team vibe does, but uh, <laughs> What I find but yeah, interesting, Team Iris. I, I think you're right, though. Yeah, Team Iris is definitely the actual team name. If we're going to hashtag it, what, what I find interesting though is that Kid Flash is still Kid Flash. You know, we, you know, I, I think we we came to this season and, and maybe over the break, kind of hoping for some things with Wally's character, hoping that he might maybe mature or advance a little bit more that, that maybe this crisis and, and kind of this step up type of moment might turn him into a mature character. But the way that I saw it is that he actually hasn't matured all that much. He is still very much kid flash. Yes, that is true. And that's one of the things that I didn't really like about the season opener was I, I was hoping that there was going to be a little bit more development on Wally's part and that he was going to actually be able to you know, don the red suit and, and, and at least be the flash for a little bit. And yes, we saw that. Yes, he donned the red suit. And yes, you know, mm. that was 
uh, yeah, right. Like it was, it was disappointing in my opinion. Well, so here's the deal though. I, this, the reason why that wasn't more disappointing to me or why I was not disappointed in that is because of the way that his character is now. Like, you know, for the sake of the story, we got a lot of, we got a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ingredients in the gumbo here, right? Like there's, there's all of these characters are kind of going on their own journey. Some of them are progressing faster than others and that's perfectly fine. At the end of the day, at this stage in the story, Kid Flash fits the role of sidekick. That is who he is supposed to be. That's who he clearly is fine being, but it's not time for him to take that big step. And to be fair, man, you know, I I don't necessarily want Wally to step up until he's ready. I think that you could actually tell that story a bit slower uh, and do so in a way that, that is more gratifying in the long run, uh, pun not intended there. And, uh, and, you know, let's, let's see where he goes. It was nice to see him donning the red, uh, for sure. But, but I feel like that's just a tease of what's to come. And the fact they didn't give too much weight to that was kind of interesting to me. I almost feel like they missed an opportunity with, um, you know, if you, if you think back to the original Iron Man and, uh, when, uh, when Rhodes takes a look at the silver, you know, Mach 2 suit, um, and says, you know, next time, baby, like, I feel like that could have been a nice little moment of like Wally being like, Oh, this is my chance. But one of the things they've, they've really done a good job of telling with this Wally West or this interpretation of Wally West is he's not really interested in being the flash. Like, I don't, I don't think that this Wally has any desire to be the flash anytime soon. Otherwise he would have done that mantle uh, months ago, literally. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like during the hiatus, things happen like the, the series doesn't just end mm-hmm. at one season and start at the other. And so it would, I, I would have kind of felt cheated, uh, not seeing his character develop into a more, hero as opposed to sidekick role uh so so yeah i mean that that was you know my rationalization for it is that we i want to see wally develop into that role and they couldn't really do that over the hiatus right you couldn't just have him pop up in there and be like this this brand new character without us seeing any of that any of that development and so you know i i understood where they're coming from but but like you said you know that they didn't really give any sort of attention to it it's just like yeah we'll just put on the flash and trick the samuroid and i feel like there could have been you know some kind of moment there to to make that feel a little bit better that uh, well we wait for it man the payoff is going to be all the sweeter for the waiting now a lot of a lot of feedback that was given in terms of you know the discussion on twitter for the live tweeting of the episode was was all around caitlin um and specifically you know she she's she's back but she's different and it almost seems like they rushed her development off screen now that's what it seemed like as the episode was progressing but of course the tease near the end kind of let us know that uh there's more than meets the eye with her character now we'll say this man i was a little disappointed I think probably my my biggest disappointment is that Caitlin is a bartender and nobody asked her for a cold one. <laughs> right? Yeah, and she only like froze one person's drink. <laughs> I know, I know. You'd, you'd think if if you were a, a waitress, a bartender, that you'd be actually utilizing that, uh, utilizing that ability more more often than not. I was hoping there was going to be a scene where it's like, all right, you know, give me a scotch with, uh, you know, five cubes of ice. And she goes in there and she's only got like three left in the bucket because the, the, you know, bar back didn't fill the ice tray. And uh, she's just like <laughs> looking around and then she's like, bloop, <laughs> makes another ice cube, <laughs> puts it in there. Oh, would have been great. Would have been great. Now, now let me ask you this, man. Uh, her boss, the one-eyed Joe, one-eyed Jack, whatever you want to call him. Uh, do we do we know who this guy is? I don't think so, but I don't think that's her boss. I think in the sense of like the guy owns the bar and like is, you know, whatever. I think that's a bad crowd that she's running with. And that's the leader of that bad crowd. And that's going to come back to bite her and potentially Cisco in the butt. Interesting. But do you, but do you think that he's somebody from the comics? Oh, oh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, th- there's nobody that comes to mind. Now, this show is is obviously, uh, uh, you know, very, very uh, has done a very good job of, of 
utilizing characters from the A-list as well as like the Z-list. They will do some deep cuts. They'll also do some fan favorites. And so it is very possible that this guy represents a character that, um, you know, th- there's intention behind it. But I, I, I couldn't I couldn't place him, man. There wasn't I almost kind of kept on expecting him to be connected to the thinker. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to jump ahead here, but but I was thinking like perhaps he was either an agent of the thinker or maybe the thinker in disguise or something of that nature. But um, I, I don't know. It just, To me, it seems like he could be somebody else. Also, correction, uh, the real Green Arrow and Gooner in the chat pointed out that Cisco did, in fact, ask her for a cold one. What? Did I miss that? Maybe. I I, I seem to have missed it, too. I, I don't know. I, he did ask for a beverage. He made like I, I just don't remember him actually saying because he said, like, give me something, you know, and she says a Shirley Temple as the type of ah, yeah. I'm going to have to go back a cold and one watch to me is like a beer. You know, you, you have a cold one with the boys. And it's and it's a beer. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and check that one out because, like, literally, I was waiting for that line. So if it it could have happened, I was having some technical difficulties, as anybody who tuned into the Facebook live feed before the show knows. But um, but I don't know. I I'm gonna have to go back and check that one. Um, but one way or the other, uh, it is great to see Caitlin back. She's very different from uh, from whom we've seen before, and of course, we see that that is because she's got a lot of things going on in her life. Now, with Barry Allen, once Cisco is able to to uh, pull him out using the speed bazooka. Um, they, they get this, this great idea of, uh, pulling him out, utilizing Gaga, man, which is a great uh, callback to the, the original premiere. Yeah. You know, I actually watched the premiere not too long ago, uh, because I was, you know, I, I just wanted to go back and see some OG flash and I really enjoy that season opener. It's, it's excellent. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all I was thinking. Cause it, it's, it's, it's like a shot for shot, you know, <laughs> right, <laughs> remake right. of that scene. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. Do you think that there, I mean, I, obviously there's intentionality in, in doing a callback there, but do you think that part of that is, is this season, are we to interpret this pilot or I'm, I'm sorry, this, this premiere as kind of a new pilot? I mean, are they, are they kind of looking at this to reboot the show? Well, I mean, not to get too much into speculation, but it, it kind of feels that way because, you know, that this title episode was uh, The Flash Reborn and, you know, he's faster than ever. All of his problems that he's had in the past that were holding him back are gone. It's like a brand new Flash. And so it, it, is mm. this is this a direction they're going or is this going to end up being a plot point to, you know, where something is going to happen and we're going to get some sort of reversal in, in, in his good fortune? I don't know. I mean, you know, we've we've heard and I think we've. Uh, referenced at least uh, a little bit, we but about shakeups kind of behind the scene and in terms of kind of the um, you know the staff and and those that are, are telling the story. So so perhaps this almost is like an internal kind of writer's call to to a, a reboot of the series to some extent. But no, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know that we can trust the story to be like, oh, he's new and happy Barry because new and happy Barry typically only lasts an episode, <laughs> right? If yeah, even so- that, sometimes it doesn't even last that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very suspect about you know what's happening here, and it's probably something to do with Thinker's plan. And yeah, we may not see normal base level Happy Flash for very much longer. So the return of Barry Allen did feel very much like just that. Like I felt like it was kind of a callback to, um, you know, the, the story from the comics referenced in the kickoff episode that we had last week. Um, you know, I, I. I this is a crazed individual. And the way that I interpreted some of his mumblings is that Barry is literally experiencing every single moment of his entire life all at once in every single second. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing because he kept repeating stuff that happened from, you know, earlier seasons, earlier episodes, all that kind of stuff. Like all those quotes were coming out and, uh, you know, he, he would he would say the quote and then he'd rhyme it with something and then he'd get this, you know, 
headache or something like that and uh, just, just go on this rhyme before you'd start writing on the wall again. So it was really interesting how they did that because it, there's, there's got to be something to that. I feel like we're going to revisit that at some point uh, because, I, you know, like we said earlier, I don't, I don't think that, you know, Happy Flash is going to be here, you know, the, the entire time. So uh, there's definitely something to that. And I'm curious to see what the explanation for it's going to be. Okay, so uh, you know, I've, I've put this theory out there, and, and just to kind of make sure that I, I put this out there in, in an episode of Flash TV Talk proper, um, you know, I have said that if they go with kind of a return of Barry Allen type of storyline, that perhaps this Barry that we've just gotten out of the Speed Force, in fact, actually, when he started writing on the walls in kind of the crazy cryptic language, I thought, ooh, he's writing in future language. He's not Barry Allen, he's Eobard Thawne. Uh, and perhaps that is exactly who we're seeing. Maybe this is, you know, an Eobard Thawne who's done kind of the face uh, face changing technology. And maybe he's even done a download on Barry Allen's life. And so he's trying to, you know, he, he's he's kind of crazy and he's trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, by the way, if you never read that that storyline, you absolutely should. Here's the thing from this. Despite point, the fact you spoiled it for everyone. Well, I, I mean, yes. <laughs> Spoiled like what a 20 to 30 year old comic book story. Yes, I I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize for that. But uh, but no, it's it's fantastic, even if you know what's going on. Uh, But here's the deal. I am going to operate for the remainder of this season as if the 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 person that we just got out of the Speed Force is the actual Barry Allen, because that's the way that I think we're supposed to take the story one way or the other. Um, And so from that standpoint, This is a really interesting concept, right? That Barry Allen is almost experiencing kind of uh, this Dr. Manhattan godlike mindset of being able to, you know, live every moment as if it's now. And notice, by the way, the only thing that breaks him up out of this is specifically Iris. Like she gets up to him and she's, you know, she she talks to him and she is, I mean, this has never been more clear than this exact episode. She's his lightning rod. He is all over the place and he gives, she gives him this focal point that he can pull back from this, you know, cerebral godhood type of, you know, outside of humanity, outside of time and, and, you know, pull him back into the reality of now. And so I, I thought that that was a really powerful moment actually when she was able to do that the first time and even more so the second time. Yeah. And one thing that was weird to me about that was the, the way his eyes flashed. Don't they normally flash yellow? But I thought that time for a split second, right before he starts running in the control room, uh, like the first time he flips up it was before they decided to put him in the pipeline, there was like a flash of red in his eyes. And I I, I, I started thinking about that whole, you know, Neobarton. yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, yeah. I was like, no, no, no. Get out of my head, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in all your brains now. You know, y'all are thinking it. You know, you're going to think it. Um, oh, man, I saw that because, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, no, there's no way they're doing that. Uh, this is not going to happen. And then I see that flash of red in his eye. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> What's going on here? Well, if, if uh, to, to argue against myself, I mean, I will point out that Eobard's uh, lightning was always much more kind of a red, dark red as opposed to Barry's, which is always kind of a yellow red. And so that was yes, yes. that was keeping in his you know yellow red hue, so to speak. Um, and, and it was only the eyes that showed the darker red. As soon as he started running, it was like normal flash lightning. By the way, if you interpret it as you know, if, if you are like us and you interpret that as as the you know him experiencing every moment, I mean, every single thing he says is to be mined for potential future storylines. We're going to need more diapers. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I mean, I think that's kind of a a Twins. non. Oh snap! Yep, tornado twins, right? Tornado twin. Do you think you, so? So that's that's the question, right? I, I think it'd be uh, it'd be great. I mean, 
Do you think that they would go with Barry and Iris having twins with Bart being his grandson? Or do you think they might in kind of a similar way that they tidied up or or kind of tied uh, Wally's uh, lineage a little bit closer to Barry? Do you think they might actually make it so that Bart is actually their child? Uh, I don't know. Uh of course, Bart Allen, by the way, for listeners not familiar, Bart Allen is uh, the the descendant of Barry Allen. He becomes the uh, fourth uh, Flash, uh, fourth fourth character to to take on the mantle of the Flash. Uh, based on your interpretation or various interpretations of the characters, um, he's either a, a grandson of Barry Allen or from a further distant future. But for the most part, uh, he is somebody who is, you know, very tied to Barry Allen's lineage. And so the question here is, Will Bart Allen be a, will he be a grandchild? Will he be a child of, uh, of Barry and Iris? So, and I, I had a thought about this uh, last week on the call-in show where um, I was thinking, you know, Bart's not going to show up, I don't think, if he does at all, until Iris gets pregnant. And then I, in my head, this just, the thought popped up that, you know, uh, 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 Iris gets pregnant, they announce it to everybody, and all of a sudden there's like a time rift. And Bart comes back and he's like, Barry, you've got to come back with me to the future. He's like, what would I do this time? He's like, no, not you. It's your kids. He's like, we're going to have another kid. He's like, no, you have twins. And then, you know, it's a homage to Back to the Future. And they have to go do something uh, in order to make sure that the twins, you know, arrive and whatnot. You know, if they do that, though, if they, if they do a homage, I would love I mean, you know, they've, they've done a great job of doing kind of homages to Back to the Future in the past. And I'd like to see that. But. Uh, I would actually love to see a Young Justice homage. Uh, the introduction of Bart Allen and Young Justice, I thought, was one of the best um, kind of uh, alternate uh, or kind of extended um, storytellings that beyond the comics that, that we've seen. I really love his introduction in Young Justice Season 2. So if they did want to go kind of a similar route, I would be all for it. But perhaps we're reading into one statement made by a crazed Barry Allen too much. <laughs> Maybe, uh, just maybe. Uh, yeah, out of the game here. Uh, of course, you know, Cisco does have this bright idea that perhaps the language that he's writing is not future language, but but some sort of code. Maybe that Barry is putting uh, a lot of thought into symbols and is almost kind of created his own language or the Speed Force language. Uh, and so he decides to decode it. Um, now, to, first of all, I guess the, the question here, because I, this is going to kind of play into uh, later in the episode. But, Bell, do you think that that is like a Speed Force language that we're seeing? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and the chat's been going on about this. Like Lauren W. in the chat was mentioning that that same language that Barry was writing on the walls also appeared on uh, on the on the thinker's uh, cheek and on that dude in the bar the, mm. uh, on, on his fist as well. So I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not too sure because I remember seeing that on thinker and uh, I, I don't recall seeing it on the dude, but uh, I, I, I'm not sure. Like I, all of this seems like there's something to do with thinker, like his return all of it. And so I'm, I'm kind of thinking that this is, this isn't some sort of, you know, speed force, although he does talk about like, you know, the physics is being shattered. Although that's, that's, that's actually HG's line at the, from the first season. Never mind. So yeah, I'm thinking this is something to do with thinker's plan and that it's not some sort of like universal speed force language. Uh, so that's where I'm going with that right now. Interesting. Uh, you know, we do see that Barry has had a, a pretty significant power upgrade as well. The, the fact that he was able to break out of the pipeline, you know, it was, it was just kind of a brief moment, but that's kind of a big deal. They, they've retrofitted the pipeline to be able to handle almost every single metahuman. And the very fact that he's even in there is kind of an indication that the team is a little, not necessarily distrusting of Barry, but concerned about his well-being. So, yeah, he straight up slammed through it, not even like phased through it, slammed through it. And I'm not sure how I, how I like that. Ooh, what do you mean? 
Well, it's it's you know, there's this thing here and it's designed to stop metas and Barry's a meta. And so what is different about him that makes it so that he can break through it? He's not a meta anymore. The reverse flash can't. He's he's beyond it. That's what I'm saying, man. Like he's 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 he is the way that I interpret that is that he has kind of reached kind of a godhood uh, you know, little G godhood pantheon style. Like, like he's he's reached a power level that goes beyond just being a meta. So I, he pops I get out that. of the speed force and he's all naked and such. Like he is like glowing. Like his his skin before he actually formulates. It's almost as if he is speed force incarnate before he actually like physically corporealizes as Barry Allen. Yes, which is why I think they, they, he, they're saying. I, you know, Wally goes, I've never run that fast before. And then Cisco says, no one has. No one has. And then yet the Samuroid is keeping pace with him. No, like that, no, no, no. That bothered me. That's not accurate. If, as you recall, the Samuroid was not chasing Barry. Barry was chasing the Samuroid. He was slowing himself down. But I, I, I think in order to demonstrate that kind of power, it should have been one of those things where like we see Wally just get destroyed by him and Barry just goes in there and like one hit wonders, like knocks him out or whatever. That is literally Iris. exactly what happened. He, he went up that like, that's exactly what happened. He basically no, he ran, he ran around the city, chased him through the windmill farm. And then he goes, runs up the windmills and runs through the stuff. I, I, I was expecting him to just like, you know, zoom over there get iris and then have it be done in a split second not have a chase scene through the windmill farm not have any of that kind of stuff he just does it so fast that everyone is 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 thoroughly shocked by it but this isn't this isn't dc universe online he can't just like randomly jump in the air and like now he's like kind of soaring like he he has to have leverage and like the windmill the windmills actually gave him a little bit of leverage but i will say this to be fair i I don't know that i have a very firm ground of of like standing on in terms of like defending kind of the way that some of these fight scenes are at considering the whole You've got to make, you know, heat wave and Captain Cold cross the streams. And that's literally the only way to uh, <laughs> the only way to defeat them as opposed to just, you know, punching them in the face. So, you know, it's not I'll just put it this way. It's not the worst fight sequence they've ever had. No, it, it wasn't. It, it just I was expecting it since they're hyping up how fast Barry is and how, you know, no one's ever been this fast before. Yet Samuroid, it, it looks to me like, you know, he was getting away fine. Like I, I wanted it to be a thing where, you know. All of this power is just shown and it really wasn't shown like I wasn't convinced there It was a neat scene and it was cool to see him run up the thing and like grab her and then run down and like all the destruction they were causing in there. But like to me like that's it's kind of like how in the Kung Fu movies you never see the master fight Mm -hmm. And, and when he does the fights over before the person finding him even realizes it because he's the master right. No, I, I get where you're going with this, but I I, I can't complain just because I thought I, I thought it looked awesome. So from a visual spectacle and a viewer, I thought it was great for sure. Not but saying that it didn't look awesome. It was it just wasn't what I was expecting to see super powered Godberry be like. I would imagine, though. So that's the thing, though, like to some extent, it is kind of the way in which it's portrayed. Like, you know, I was even thinking about the fact that like seeing Barry run really fast. I mean, that that effect it's kind of goofy. Just like watching somebody run really fast looks really goofy as opposed to like the comics where it's this whoosh, right? Like it's either like literally a streak or it's him just for a brief moment in the midst of this running stream. Uh, so, you know, from that standpoint, it is, it is what it is, but you know, we are slowing down time in order to be able to watch it. But again, it's, it, I, I thought it made for a cool visual and a enjoyable fight sequence. Uh, in in as fast as it went down, and I thought it did go down actually pretty fast. Uh, I liked the actual turbines, and um, you know, I, I thought that they were also by doing it in the middle of those wind turbines, not just 
you know, uh, not just giving us the samurai, but also paying homage to the samurai, to Wind Dragon, uh, you know, to various interpretations, essentially of two different characters that are being wrapped up into one. Oh, uh, and also, uh, I called the samurai. You, yeah, you, you definitely called the samurai. But I mean, so did everyone else except yeah, well, for you. Well, that, I was leaving it open for perhaps they wanted to go the Wind Dragon route. But no, yeah, that the, good, good on you, good on you. Uh, I don't. <laughs> by the way, I definitely don't think that samurai is the big bad. Based on what we've seen, I think that he is one of many. Uh, threats that the thinker will be throwing at Barry Allen. Oh, of course, uh, of course. Now, given that you kind of made the observation that the uh, the not actually Kryptonian looking language uh, that definitely looks Kryptonian that Barry was writing in uh, was seen from a lot of different standpoints. So I do wonder if perhaps we will see, um, you know, the thinker utilizing Caitlin in her current status as kind of a weapon to throw at him. She is kind of like dealing with this in sort of a you know, a Dr. Banner, a Hulk situation, right? Yeah. And, and that's, that would be a great wild card for thinker to use because they trust her again. Right. And even Joe forgave her. Uh, so, I mean, that would be a real good tool for the thinker to use against team flash. Now it begs the question of, uh, are, are we going to have some retcons going on mm-hmm. where they're going to go back and say, Oh, you know, thinker had been planning this for all the seasons. <laughs> Well, it's possible. And actually, if you take a look at the way that Thinker is even like uh, presented, he he appears to be more than just a, a metahuman. Um, you know, the chair that he's sitting in, to me, really evoked kind of uh, imagery of something called the Mobius chair, which is a uh, a tool of the uh, the new god Metron. Now, this is kind of very high, almost cosmic uh, concepts in terms of comic books, but the idea is that there's this this time traveling dimensional traveling chair uh, that is also kind of this this huge fount huge uh, seat of knowledge. Um, most recently, if I'm not mistaken, in the comics, it was used for the uh, for Batman to determine that there was not actually one Joker, but in fact three. Uh, so the idea is that the Mobius chair actually provides knowledge, in as much as it also. Uh, provides kind of a a source of of power and time travel and otherwise. Now, I don't know that the thinker is actually sitting in the Mobius chair. It could just be that he's got kind of a cool chair. Um, But I'm kind of curious if if perhaps, you know, we actually speculated going into the season that the thinker could be kind of a Lex Luthor-esque villain. I'm starting to actually wonder if we're going to be dealing with the new gods in this. And maybe, maybe the thinker might actually be kind of a vehicle to some cosmic-esque villains uh, for the flash to deal with. That could be really, really neat to see the new gods come into this. Uh, it's something I don't think we've seen on television before. And I think it'd be, you know, very interesting to see, uh, cause you know, we've done, we've done speedster villains and stuff, but we've never done like, you know, what do they call them in, in DC? Like, you know, Omega level mutants, the, these, these like, you know, Omega level, uh, DC characters like these new gods and stuff like that, that, that would be, that would be an interesting avenue for them to go down. And that could, you know, really bring some, uh, pretty interesting challenges for the flash to face. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see, man. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting as to whether or not he is actually behind all of this. You know, if, if, if say he has been working towards the creation of this version of Caitlin Snow, um, you know, if, if he has that kind of time travel ability through the Mobius chair, or if that is even the Mobius chair, there's still a lot of questions that lay out before us. But I think the biggest question is definitely before us. And that's going to bring us to this week's speedster speculation. This house is bitching. 
Indeed it is. That's the speculation this week. How, how, how dare the creators of the show and Cisco dangle that out in front of us? All right. Is this a huge red herring? I guess that's the speculation. What does that even mean? Because I got to tell you, man, I spent some time today. I, I I drew out the letters and I tried to rearrange them. And Lauren in the chat is even kind of pointing out you can get uh, bioscientist or chestnut, but not much else in terms of rearranging those letters. What what does this mean, man? What is this house and why is it bitching? You know, I I don't know. I I, I honestly think it's just. The way that Cisco kind of shrugged it off makes me think that there might be something more to it. But I think that also just might be a method for them to make people not think about it, that it's really not important. And I was looking the entire time where he was writing those symbols for the really uh, uh, telltale Kryptonian symbols that you see. Like there's always uh, there's like the eight or the infinity symbol inside the shield, like the Kryptonian looking shield. Uh, I didn't see that symbol at all. Mm. But some of the other symbols looked similar. so I, I don't know. Like, I think what's going to happen is, is uh, there's going to be something that Cisco's going to do. He's going to run that language, the symbols through another filter. And instead of it saying this house is bitching, it's going to say, you know, look out for so and so or whatever, whatever the real message Barry was trying to send. And so but that's the thing. Was he even trying to send a message or was it someone else trying to send a message through him? Yeah, and that, that's what's that's what's it's really hard to speculate about it now, just because Thinker, you know, he's sitting there saying, OK, everything's going according to plan. Uh, he's out of the speed force. Samuroy did his job. Um, you know, and they're saying, what's the next move? So him coming out of the speed force, speed force definitely had some effect on him. But uh, I don't know. I don't by, know. By I, the way, I, if this is related to the speed force, I, I, I feel like that that further confirms my theory that perhaps he's, he's sitting in the Mobius chair. Because, I mean, again, time, space, that sort of thing. Obviously, the Speed Force is kind of the uh, the entity and the source of, of control in that space. So perhaps the Mobius chair is even like tapping into the Speed Force. That might be I, – I don't know. But but regardless, do you so, – so the language that he is writing, is it more related to the Speed Force or the thinker? I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that it's something they're going to come back to and that, that it is related to it, it is it is speed force related. And, and like we were saying earlier, Barry's, you know, experiencing all because the speed force is time, right? It's it's, you know, intrinsically linked to time. So I think Barry's experiencing not all of his life, but all of time in itself. And so, yes, I think there's something to do with it and his brain couldn't process it. And so he's writing it out in this code and they're going to ignore the code for a long time. And then eventually something's going to happen to make them relook at it. And there's going to be something revealed by that text. I, um, but I do think it is Speed Force related. And I don't think it's thinker related. Interesting. So do you think we are ending up with kind of a, a similar situation that we did the last season where, you know, the, it, the, the, they were kind of almost given a code in and of themselves, right? Like with with the the vision of the future and all of the, the news headlines, they kind of made a list and they're like, OK, these are the headlines. This is going to kind of determine how we do things the rest of the season and what we should be on the lookout for. Do you think that we're going to come to a moment where the code is is cracked and that's kind of gives them something to look out for? Uh, maybe it, it all depends on what Thinker's plan is, because we don't know his end game. And so you would think. Well, we know he Thinker, wanted Barry back, right? Right. He wanted Barry back, but we don't know why. And so you would think that Thinker would think about that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that he wouldn't. You would think. He, he would at least have a plan in place for Barry being trapped in the speed force and coming back with knowledge uh, that could ultimately ruin his plan. Right. Yeah. I mean, we just we don't know. And see, this is this is why I think this season premiere is one of the best ones that we've gotten or perhaps the best one that we've gotten since the pilot. Like 
I I'm, I went into this episode with very low expectations, if I'm being honest. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what the threat was going to be. I was a little upset that we were going to get Barry back so fast. And I knew I had a lot of things that I was wanting to see out of other characters that, you know, did just, just I knew going into this, I wasn't actually going to see. But because I guess my expectations were kind of washed out, I was able to just really enjoy this. And I thought the stakes were really high. The emotion that you got from all of these characters was really powerful. And even the return of Barry Allen, when he actually puts on the suit, the new suit, by the way, we'll talk more about the new suit next week, given the uh, the previous. But, yeah. um, you know, since, since we get a chance to see him, you know, full, full on and suited and everything, I was like, no, this is this is awesome. This is speaking to me right now. I need a hero. You know what I mean? Like, I need I need a sense of of hope and wonder. And I want, you know, in 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 kind of the hour in which I feel mourning and I feel sad and I feel beat up upon, I want all of a sudden you know, this kind of hero from on high to kind of erupt out of this like extra dimensional portal and come and save the day. Like it just, I don't know, man, this episode spoke to me, but you say it didn't quite hit you the way that it did me. Why is that? Well, it's mainly because of just how it, it, it felt like a reboot and I didn't feel like there, and, and maybe this will happen in later episodes. I mean, it is a 23 episode series, but it just felt like, oh yeah, all the complaints that people had about Barry in previous seasons where he, you know, he never really realizes his full potential. He never overcomes the problem or he overcomes the problem like in, uh, the little dinosaur. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was the, um, the, what was the episode name? Yeah. Uh, you're not my mommy. The runaway dinosaur. Runaway dinosaur. That's one. Yeah. So like a runaway dinosaur, there's a great, you know, character arc for Barry. And like we have some resolution there, some of these issues and then it's all done. It's all undone. Like, you know, several episodes later. And, it, you know, the, I feel like the, the complaints are legitimate in that's in that case. And uh, for a lot of Barry's characterization and a lot of the, uh, you know, reversals they've had in some of his characterization. And now he comes out and he's past all that. And we don't see it, it felt kind of like a cop out. I'm hoping there's going to be some explanation for it or there's going to be some kind of, uh, you know, payoff for that. But as of right now, it just seemed like, oh, everybody complains about emo Barry. Everybody complains about sad Barry. Uh, people want, you know, Barry past his problems. And so now we have Barry past his problems, but it, it just felt like it was uh, uh, kind of forced on us as opposed to, you know, us seeing that development. It just happened, you know. Yeah, you know, I guess maybe because, you know, it's kind of like a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, you know, shame on me. Like, I don't look at this as like all of a sudden we have a collected Barry. I'm fully expecting next week for him to be in a completely different mindset. Like, that's just what this series has been. Uh, you know, well, that so would make me even more upset because if we're going to have a complete and whole Barry, which is something we haven't had yet, then... I don't know. Keep it like you can still. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I think you're you're wanting more than what the show has given you from that standpoint. Then like that. I I just I guess I know what this series has been, and so I I kind of don't have too high of expectations for Barry to be exactly where he is. And and part of that too is just the way that he experienced the re-entry into the world, right? Like he was experiencing all of these most moments, past, present, and future. That's going to have ramifications. And I know he said that he doesn't remember any of it, but the fact that he even doesn't remember any of it means to me that we are not done with this. Like we are going to see crazed Barry pop up again throughout this season. I have no doubt. And through that, we're also going to get a lot of nods to what's, what's to come as well. Um, well, as long as the season doesn't end up, uh, you know, reversing back and we actually, you know, I'd be okay with that. If, if they want to, if they want to roll it back, uh, and, and have problems come up and Barry have to deal with things, that's fine. As long as 
at some point during this show, we can get a full fledged heroic, hopeful Barry Allen for more than like an episode at a time. Mm. Let's see what happens, Ben. Just let, let, let's see what happens. I think uh, even even with like Caitlin, I remember seeing those uh, those tweets come in talking about, you know, oh, she's you know, she's she's too comfortable with herself out of nowhere. And I'm like, give it time, guys. Let's just let's see where the story goes. And before the episode was even over, we got kind of an explanation to what's going on in her psyche. So I, I have faith in the creative team, man. I think we got some good stuff in the future. And like I said, for me, this really was the best uh, season premiere since the pilot. So let's see what goes from here. Hi, this is John Wesley Ship, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. All right, listener feedback. We got some, man, we got some great listener feedback in this week. Um, you want to take uh, that first one from Will? Yeah, sure. Uh, Will writes, hey, guys, just wanted to hear your opinions on how the episode went from an Iris standpoint. The thing that seemed to bother me the most, her answer to bringing Barry back, was to move from the leader and become the damsel in distress again. I get it. It's a literary device that works, but still stung a bit to see her take such a leap back. I uh, hope it's not indicative of where they're going this season. I'd hate to see them, quote, made Marion Iris. Uh, watch 1991's Robin Hood Prince of Thieves sometimes. Marion goes from strong heroine to a screaming Mimi. <laughs> mm. that, 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 that's a good one. Uh, but I like having her have guts. Thanks, Will. Uh, Will, you know, I, I agree. You know, it was very awesome to see Iris in that kind of, you know, stand up role, team lead role. Uh, I, I'm, I don't think they're going to roll that back because her decision to put herself in harm's way by giving herself up to the, uh, to the samurai because she knew that, uh, she wasn't doing that because like, Oh, I'm helpless. She's like, I'm putting myself, you know, putting the gun, like standing yeah. in between, you know, That's the gun and, and, and whoever else, uh, to try and bring Barry and snap him out of this. So I think that was a very heroic move on her part and it wasn't like a, a damsley kind of thing, but you know, yeah, you're, you're right. That's, that's a trope that works. I'm hoping that they're not going to go that route this season, that we're going to see some more heroic Iris moments as well. Yeah. I mean, Bell, I think you're absolutely correct. In fact, I remember watching that thinking like, Oh, I get the optics here. Like it was almost like I, I instantly got exactly what it is. And, and I love your, uh, you're kind of nod to the idea of stepping, you know, in, in the line of fire to protect, you know, the, somebody, you know, to, to actually city in that point. Yeah. To literally take the bullet for, for someone else. And so from that standpoint, like I got what she was doing, that was very much a heroic move, but I also recognize the optics appear to be kind of in that damsel in distress move. But like, I think if you actually look at her character holistically and not just in that moment, you'll, you'll realize that, no, that was actually a pretty big, powerful moment for her. Uh, to step in the line of fire. And, uh, and so, and, you know, on top of that, she's kind of dealing with faith uh, and, and kind of the, the faith that she has and, and, you know, not just, not even just flash. And I think we'll, we'll see this play out in the, the couple, in the next couple episodes, but the team as a whole. Um, so she, she facilitates a pretty big role there, but great, great thoughts. Will. good, good feedback there. We also got another one in from uh, CC in Boston. Bell, what did CC have to say? Hi, guys. Looking forward to another season of your flash nonsense. <laughs> I, have a, <laughs> I have a question kind of related to your preseason episode and to something I read about rebirth. A couple of seasons back, a female became a speedster, but was blue until she went so fast that poof, she was gone and that Barry's eyes were kind of red. Do you think that these are pieces of the idea that this is actually Thawne and the negative speed force? 
of which I agree with you. I hope they play all this out all season until the very end since they said no speedster villain. Thanks, guys. CC in Boston. That's yeah, we're, we're on it. <laughs> Bo needs to get out of all of our collective minds. <laughs> <laughs> I've convinced because you all, baby. Yeah, I know. But uh, yes, I think it would be great. I think it'd be awesome to see Eobard back. And, uh, you know, Matt Lester, you know, he can come in. I mean, he, he's he's not doing legends like I don't know. We what, haven't uh, gotten his, his origin like. story yet. We have not gotten his origin story yet. And that's the we beautiful haven't. thing about his origin story. It could happen now. It could happen in five seasons because of the way that, you know, we're dealing with a time traveler like this. This could be it. But yeah, you know, they said no speedster villain. But then again, you know, uh, what was it? J.J. Abrams said that uh, Khan wasn't in the, the Star Trek Into Darkness. Exactly. And everybody knew was. Ex- yeah, so. Exactly. That's exactly right. But I don't think then it's going to be a thing where uh, Eobard's going to automatically, you know, become the the big bad end guy, right? I think Thinker's going to be the villain for this season, and if anything, it's going to be like in the season finale. That's when we're going to find out. Oh no, Eobard's back. Mm, I don't know, man. I think that we could actually see Thinker be the the villain of the first half of the season, and then a whole second uh, second villain be part of the second half of the season. I mean, that's what we saw last uh, last season. You know, we know that it is possible that they get midway through the season and think, think oh, we've got a kind of cooler concept and then go in that route. So from that standpoint, I, I could see it going either way. We'll just have to see. So basically what uh, Berlanti was like, yeah, there's no speedster villain this first half of the season <laughs> i mean i think your your con reference to uh, star trek 2 was uh, was spot on yeah well we'll see well we will definitely see next up we got a uh, email in from lauren what did lauren have to say we back baby and with a really fun episode i love going back to a lighter tone for the most part and it really worked uh, a few of the jokes didn't quite land for me but the majority i had a lot of fun uh, the ladies were the standout this episode for me seeing iris step up as the leader was super cool mm-hmm. initially i didn't like how she kept refusing to get barry back but later in the episode i better understood it and came around i really like this new version of caitlin she's still mainly caitlin but with more of an edge I didn't love the Killer Frost, but at the end, the Hulk reference definitely helped. Uh, also, that blacksmith tease can't wait for Starbuck on the Flash. Until next week, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I, I really do. I think it was a. I think Lauren's spot on. This was a standout episode for the ladies, and I think that perhaps we're actually seeing a standout season for the ladies. Um, you know, I, I don't like I don't like talking too much about like the trailers for next week or anything like that. I, I try to stay pretty spoiler free. But if you look at what kind of some of the discussion around between Barry and Iris is and and what her role is, um, yeah, she's she's not just team manager. She is team leader. In fact, I think someone in the chat earlier was even saying that, you know, she went from being the, uh, you know, the mom that passes out passes out orange slices to becoming the coach like she she really is in that team leader role. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, Caitlin's always been one of those characters who seems to, to be that sort of damsel role in a lot of ways. And, and this time I was really curious to see where they're going to go. Okay. Well, if Caitlin's Caitlin and this dude's like, you know, about to beat her up or something, I was super happy to see her be like, nah, not today. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, standout roles for all the women this episode. Uh, they're, they're moving in the right direction. All right. And then finally, we got an iTunes review in. This one comes from Barry Allen 1213, who gives us a five star review. What did Barry Allen have to say? Hey, fellas, new listener from Warren, Michigan. I drive a recycle truck for work, like pick up and dump recycle bins, LOL. But podcasts play a huge part in my day. Uh, I just found you guys' podcast last week and I'm already hooked. I'm a big superhero guy, probably DC over Marvel and Flash, Batman, Green Lantern and Arrow are my faves. 
You guys do an awesome job with the show and are super knowledgeable on Flash. Anyways, keep up the work, fellas. And shout out this week would be dope. Name's Brandon. Well, Brandon, you got yourself a shout out. Woo! So thanks for listening, man. That's super awesome. I'm glad uh, that you found us and that you like us. And uh, yeah, we hope you keep listening because... We love the show and we're going to keep doing it. Absolutely. In fact, we're able to do this show. You know, we, we mentioned it last season and, and it's absolutely true this season. The reason why we were able to make this podcast happen is not just because of our love of the flash, which is crucial, but also because of you guys. Uh, those of you who are actually sponsoring the show, making the show happen at patreon.com slash TV talk. Uh, you are the reasons why we were able to bring this show to you every single week without fail. Um, help make the show happen. Head over to patreon.com slash TV talk, get some rewards for doing so. And uh, yeah, we, we hope to increase the awards throughout the season. Uh, not to mention that, that additional print that's coming at the end of the season as well. So big thanks to those of you who are making that happen there. And uh, big thanks, by the way, to those of you who are tuning in live here at mixler.com slash TV talk. Uh, you know, we, we, we're doing some things a little bit differently. We want to make sure that we're giving you guys a lot of content, a lot of opportunities to get hyped as the season goes on. So, for example, on the night of, we're doing some hot takes via uh, either Periscope or Facebook Live. Uh, so be sure that you're following us on those channels. More information on that to happen here in just a minute. But, uh, but yeah, we try to get you those instant hot takes. Plus, of course, we have the live podcast the night over, night after on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time. And so for those of you who are able to join us there, we, we want to encourage you to do so. Got a great lively chat. Gunnar, Camel, uh, Lauren, uh, Man Apart, uh, TV, uh, the, 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 the real, the quote unquote real Green Arrow, as well as <laughs> a, a good handful of CW executives uh, that are with us tonight. We really appreciate that. And if you want to join us again, that's Mixler.com slash TV Talk. Subscribe there to be notified next time we go live. We also want to encourage you to follow us throughout the week. You can follow us at Flash TV Talk. Oh, you're not going to mention our personal accounts? Oh, I guess I could mention our personal accounts. You can you can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. You can follow Bell at Ring That Bell. But if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news, daily discussions, and hot takes every single episode, be sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, uh, who provides our outro music. You can listen to the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. That's right, man. And we really appreciate those of you, especially who are writing us iTunes reviews. You know, we mentioned the Patreon account for those of you who are help, able to help make the show happen with uh, your hard-earned, hard-earned dollars and cents. It means a lot to us. But if you can't quite spend a few dollars to help make this podcast happen, uh, you can do something for absolutely free. And that's to head over to iTunes, write us a review. Every single time we get a multiple of 10, we'd like to give away a free digital comic. So do that. And you might also win a free digital comic. We'd like to reward you guys for helping us make this show happen. We also want you to, uh, yeah, tune in every single week as this podcast is coming out. Man, I'm really excited. This is going to be a great season. And we back, baby. We back. We back in a flash.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.